All right. Hello, guys. My name is Dr. Charnell Warburton Sihan. Super excited to have some friends of mine on here today to discuss kind of a new topic for me anyway, um, the human design and what this whole thing is about. I actually had my human design chart. Would you call it a chart or my test or my profile done? And it was pretty interesting. And uh, Leslie is skilled in this area. So Laura and I were like, let's have her on and talk about this. And from what I understand, Laura has had hers done. I don't, not by Leslie, but she's had it done in the past. And so we're just going to get together and talk about this a little bit and discuss um, what the importance of it is for us as um, to know our potential, our weaknesses, our strengths and what have you, um, especially in this season right now where we're at, you know, I, I can't think of a better time for us to know who we are and what we're about, why we're here. Um, do you have anything to say, Laura, before we jump in? I just really look forward to hearing all about it. I mean, I'm familiar with it, but to get a real in-depth understanding through what Leslie has to share, I'm just looking forward to just sitting back and listening, and I'm sure I'll have some questions. So Awesome. Eric. Cool. Well, I've known Leslie for uh, 15 years-ish. I don't know. I choose to know exactly. I'm not the best with time, but... Um, and she's just a brilliant, bright soul, all about energy, all about frequency, definitely understands um, the galaxies and astrology and, and, you know, just frequency. So why don't you, in your words, Leslie, tell us about who you are and how you got here, and then we'll go more into the, the human design. Perfect. Um well, I'm Leslie, I'm a mom of two boys, entrepreneur life over here. Um, so I grew up very traditional background as far as religion, very traditional charismatic Christian background. And I went through a very big awakening. I actually worked for a lady who taught quantum physics, oh gosh, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. And so that kind of like got me into it because this was before, like a few years after Facebook was invented, obviously, but like no one was talking about it mainstream. Like, I think I had a subscription to Scientific America and I would like read the magazine and stuff. Um, I was really into it and it just made sense to me. It was like I could hear one thing and I would just remember it. It didn't take me long to grasp a concept with it. Um, and then kind of just got busy with life and created a wedding photography business and then really got to a point where I was like, what do I really like? Like, what do I really want to do? I don't you know, I like really enjoy shooting the weddings, but where's this going? <clears throat> do I want to keep doing this or do I want to travel with my kids on the weekends? And so that really brought me back to what I love and I love energy and vibrations. And when I started going down that rabbit hole again, I mean, it went deep and fast and steep and I just <laughs> leaped into all things like, oh, okay. Um, but I was, uh, I remember, and I say this a lot and pretty much every time I talk, but I was at a place in my life where I belligerently cried out for truth. Like I didn't care if truth shattered my belief system and everything I thought was real. I wanted truth. And I was at a place I was willing to let go of all of the precepts that <clears throat> would tell me something wasn't possible or that something wasn't real or that something wasn't correct. I had done enough emotional intelligence development, luckily at that point where um, 
I understood cognitive dissonance and I understood to lean in when you get uncomfortable instead of just being like, oh, that's that, that, no, no, no. And so that was a really pivotal point. And I kind of jumped back head into everything. And then human design came into my world and I knew that I wanted to like make an impact and help people, which is totally in my chart. It's just like this, this need to like empower and support, but I didn't know what that looked like um, at all. And so this came into my life and it was there for quite a while before I did anything with it or really got like fully educated in it and took courses and studied it and that kind of thing. Um, but this, here I am, I, I love it. And I think it's really cool because we're seeing so many more people talking about the reality of understanding your own frequency and that that's what this game is about. Like us being in our own sovereignty and our own truth and us being in control of ourselves. Um, not manipulated by outside, you know, influences and the, like the government type stuff. But um, that's kind of my jam. I love it. And so I rock with it. Boop, you're muted. Go ahead and jump in if you got something, Laura. Oh, no, that's really cool. And yeah, there, there's a lot of components to it. Isn't it also connected to gene codes or there's some cor correlation between human design and the gene codes yeah yeah you know wait now that you say that laura when we were in dallas there what they were doing they had that book that's where i first found out about it i didn't know they were all connected but they had that book at the conference where we were at um oh, gene keys, yeah yeah they yes, had the big fat one um Okay, yeah. I didn't know that this was all interrelated. So, okay, keep going. So tell us what is human design? What is the human design? Essentially, human design is a combination of the ancient modalities. It's got a little bit of almost every ancient modality in there mixed with quantum physics because it's based off of when and where you were born. So it's based off of, I mean, I could get into the scientifics, but the neutrinos and the crystallization in the brain that takes place when the child comes into space, it gets kind of, kind of fun and scientific. But essentially what it is, is it's your truest self. It is your own energetic blueprint is one way that people say it. But I think so many times people hear phrases. Um, one of the authors that I like, Parkin, he says it really well. People say, just be yourself, just be yourself. And for a lot of people, they actually don't really know what that is or how to do that or how to even start down that path. Like, oh, okay. okay. Or somebody will say, well, just do things that you like, that you find fun. And especially women, we're all like, okay, what's fun? Like, what do I do for fun? Like, what's fun? What's enjoyable? And so when you dig into the essence, it's like your truest essence. And the thing I love about things like the natal chart and gene keys and human design is that it's without the trauma and without the conditioning, it's looking at the very base of how you came in, which I think is really profound because it's usually things that you've had an inkling of and maybe you've caught on to through your own life experience, but a lot of times they're conditioned out. Oh, if you're like that, then you're super selfish. You're, you know, you're not, I mean, I was definitely told I wasn't a godly woman for a couple of different things that were blatantly in my chart, you know, like it's just hilarious. So it's really a permission slip to be, I mean, every human has limitless potential. There is no limit. And human design and gene keys they give you gene keys is a little bit deeper than human design that's what i like to kind of explain it to people in terms of um of levels you know gene keys goes really deep really fast for those that can 
understand those concepts. Human design's a little bit not as, although it's structured in the same components because the guy who got Gene Keys was, I'm pretty sure, a student of the guy who downloaded um, human design, who wrote human design. Um, but you really, when we move through life, we begin to people please and we want to gain popularity and we begin making decisions not based in our truest self. And that's really where human design can help you begin to look at, well, what is your truest self? Like, let's look at this from how you came in versus something that like a personality test asks you questions. Well, that's great, except for the questions are going to be kind of really ch could change based on your level of self-awareness and your conditioning and trauma. Because, yeah, you might walk into a room with the life of the party, but is that tr a trauma response? You know, and that's the thing that personality test isn't going to really get into. So that's kind of an aspect of um, of human design. It kind of goes back to the base before we self-abandon. <laughs> yeah, and I think, too, that um, those questions, those Q&A kind of tests, for me, whenever I would take it, I would sit there and look at it and go, well, do you mean like when I'm at work or when, when I'm with my kids or when I'm, you know, you know what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. like we kind of are different the way we talk to our family and behave. I mean, I'm not saying that we're different, but you know what I mean? It's, um, I'm a little more laid back, obviously when I'm with my friends and we're just chilling on the beach or at a campfire versus when I'm trying to, you know, close a deal or get something done or, you know, work on a deadline. And, um, I like the part how you had said, um, you know, how it's a permission slip. I literally just wrote that because there were some things that came on mine that I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder I really like that. And I was kind of feel bad about wanting to do that or guilty when it's like, no, this is important that you do do this because it's who you are and it's the only way that's going to make you feel good in your authentic self. And Laura's, she's way on this whole being true. I'm on this being true, like authenticity is a superpower. And uh, one of the things that over the years, and Leslie, you've known me forever, people would write in and say, oh, you know, we just love going to your conferences and hearing you speak because you're just so real. And I would get that all the time. And I'm like thinking, well, am I supposed to be like someone else? Like, what does that even mean being real? Like, okay. Um, but you're right. I think with conditioning, there's so much comparison. There's so much like, you know, you got to be like this person or that person. And even a, a, a mentor of mine, when I first got into the public, you know, I, you know, they sat down and they were like, okay, now who are you trying to be like? Like, what do you, what's your like get up of like how you want to do this? Like, who do you look to and kind of want to copy? And I was like, me. And he was super frustrated with that answer. And I was like, no, for real, like just the best version of me possible. And they're like, no, 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 maybe you don't understand. And they asked it like five more times in different ways. And I was just like frustrated with the answer because I was like, I don't want to be like anyone else. Like, is it cool just to be the way I was made and the way that I am? Like, why do I have to try to be like someone? But Laura, you're so good at this authenticity frequency. Go for it. Oh, well, I, I absolutely agree with you. Why would we want to be anything but ourselves and be the best version of ourselves. And so if we're going to work on ourselves, wouldn't we want to be the best version instead of trying to be somebody else? And so, yeah, definitely with what she's talking about, the human design and the uh, gene keys, 
I guess that would really help shine light on one's true essence. And then you were talking about how one is different around family versus friends versus maybe being on camera versus being off camera. And I know that I'm always the same person, but responding to my environment in different ways, uh, it's really interesting to sort of watch. And that was cool what you were saying, Leslie, about a certain personality trait, which might be a trauma response or, or this is, uh, it might be authentic, but it's, it's almost like a subpersonality. It's not your core truth because it's, there's a fragmentation or a split or something that one is working on that maybe the nervous system is still having anxiety or PTSD with or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just so curious to know more because I explore astrology very, very in depth and I've always wanted to jump into human design and I just, there's so much, there's so much out there to wrap one's head around. So this is really exciting to get into it all. I, I don't know if I really have a question except to keep kind of going with it and how does one go about a reading and instead of just getting one maybe uh, word to describe one's frequency, is there like a lot of different things, sort of like astrology where there's an ascendant, there's a sun, there's a moon, how many different components to a reading? Well, there's a lot. So I'm just going to kind of go with it and we're going to, y'all can go as, as we go. So um, within the framework of human design, there's really three pillars and those pillars are going to be your energy type. And there's five main energy types within the framework of human design. And then there's going to be your strategy and your authority. Your strategy is really kind of like how you take in that information. Really, your strategy and authority lead you to making wiser decisions because the mind, human design is all about the mind processes information. That's great. That's beautiful. But make decisions in the body, which, you know, in our world, people are like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, listen to what's here. Um, but there's so many books now, too. Like, you know, the body keeps the score and all of these things where people are like, oh, the body knows the answers. That's a big concept for a lot of people because they're taught make a pros and cons list. But that's not really, you know, that's living in the world and not of it. Or that's living, you know, not in the higher frequencies and the higher world, so to speak. But it teaches you your strategy. So everyone has a different strategy and a different authority. I mean, there's like they're mixed. You know, we could have the same strategy. So you have an energy type, a strategy, and authority. So everything comes back to those pillars within the framework of human design. Now, next, you have nine energy centers in the framework of human design. Your energy centers could be defined or undefined. Everyone can go pull their free chart, Jovian Archive. I can give you the website. It's a free chart, body graph is what it's called. It'll download and you'll notice like all these little tubes running around and these little bubbles inside the little shapes. And those are gates and channels. <clears throat> all those get into the much deeper aspects, kind of Laura, what you were saying. Like I have a gate right now that's active because of Scorpio that's 44. My gate has always got energy going to it. So within the centers of the body graph really tell you how you're either the colored ones. So if you're looking at a chart, the colored centers are where you're emitting, you have consistent access to the energy within that center. The open centers or the undefined centers is where you're more or less absorbing. And Charnel, you said something earlier for you, it was like, I would never not be someone else. Well, for me, I didn't realize I wasn't because I always made my decisions around other people. Um, but in my chart, I'm absorbing everything. Like my first five centers are like phew, wide open. And I have a friend who's the opposite. She's like, why do you care what other people think so much? And I was like, well, you know, it's just like blah, blah, blah. Basically, no one wants to be thought of as evil or wrong. Let's be real. Um, and so but she just didn't care. She doesn't care. 
And she was like, I don't get how you care so much. And then we saw our charts and I kind of explained it to her. She started laughing because it really, it's kind of amusing. So for me, it was the process in human design is to really look at those open centers and begin doing the work there. It kind of gives you a base of where to do the work. Let's decondition. This is how you're naturally going to process given the undefined, given the fact that it's undefined and these gates um, are open or what have you, whatever's happening in your chart. Um, let's look, are you, pro no, I don't process that way at all. And what I found for myself, using myself as an example, is I think very, very logically and strategically, but that was a conditioned from my mom and dad, I pull my mom and dad's charts. You, know, you pull everybody's charts around you when you really get into it and you're like, I got to understand. Um, it was a conditioning. And so now I'm much more comfortable and at peace with like letting things flow and move and not have to be so like obsessive about the thinking. Um, so there's so many different components. So between the energy type, the strategy, the authority, and then the open centers. Um, so the way that I do as far as a reading and stuff is clients will book a session with me and they last usually around an hour. But it's same thing with an natal chart. I'm sure you could have like two and three sessions and it's deeper and deeper and deeper. Because the thing with human design, and I did this when I was first getting into it, is I wanted to know what all my gates and channels meant. Like all these tubes running around that are colored and like all these things. But none of that matters if I'm not embodying the energy of projector. For me, if I'm a projector and the strategy and the authority. If I'm not leaning on the three pillars and really operating from there, none of the other stuff is going to be at its highest potential. Does that make sense? But every design is limitless. That's the big thing. Wow. I just yeah. like, go, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna, I was just laughing a little bit to you about the whole like being unique. And do you think that has anything to do with kind of birth order too? Or is that, you know, cause I find, I don't know, some there I'm told that middle children would be different than like babies or older. But like yesterday I had on my shirt inside out like all day long until 8 PM. And, um, I realized that at eight that I saw like a little side part of like the seam on the outside. And I was like, I looked at my kids and I was like, Oh my God, my shirt's been on inside out like all day long. And the kids were like, well, we know, we just thought you, you knew that we thought you did it on purpose. And I'm like, that makes it even funnier that my kids literally think I'm that like renegade, you know, don't care that I'm on purpose going to put my shirt on inside out and go, to be different you know it's like I don't really try to be different I'm just trying to be myself but you know but do you think it's like anything too with like birth order or it's just like straight what do you think about that I don't I have not seen any patterns in birth order in my work with it or come across anything that would say that it's there's this so there's five main energy types and it's very typical that like obviously two types to have children that they would get some sort of similarities, but not all the time. I'm a projector and a family of generators. 70% of the world is generators. And so you've got the other 30% divided up in between the other types. Um, and so the way that we learn, so for me, for example, we learned to, I learned to work hard. Like I've been working since I was 14, like don't stop. And then I hit severe burnout, early thirties, like my adrenals, the whole thing. But my body, because it was a mental thing, I was trying to go from proving, from determination, from you could do what you got to do, because that's the paradigm of the last generation. You know, mm -hmm. they were living, the earth wasn't 
you know, I know we talk energy and stuff, obviously the Schumann's resonance is calling that out in us. Like we are the energy, the emotions are being called to the forefront. We're not in the generation of 40 years ago where we can stuff emotions and get away with it to the degree that they did in a sense. And it's going to keep getting pushed and pushed up. And so, you know, it's just a, a really a true transition of paradigm into t teaching people or allowing people to choose or you're not teaching, you're just letting it out there and they kind of step into it when they're ready. But like, how do I hear my intuition? Because everyone's intuition and really the strategy and the authority kind of help people figure that out. Like what part of my body do I listen to? What is it like? Is it like a cheerleader or is it like a silent voice? And through the framework of human design, depending on what centers are um, defined or undefined and what their, you know, their energy type is, they would hear differently. Ah, interesting. Makes sense. <clears throat> Something that uh, you guys were <clears throat> mentioning. It's so interesting when we process things differently, but then we don't allow one another to process differently. And, and especially um, I see it on social media in comments when, you know, you might write a post or something or even just do a video and just reading the comments. When people say, don't do that, don't do this. This is not how you should be processing. It's, it's so interesting, the control freak sort of mentality that exists in people where my way's better, so you shouldn't be doing that. Like even if I, I don't know, I just find that so odd. I just find that so odd um, because we're not all gonna process the same way and there's not a right or wrong way to do it. Giving advice, yeah. I guess is, is great and all, um, especially if you notice a person struggling, then maybe make a suggestion, but it's just always interesting uh, the whole energy of wanting to control others. And I just am curious what kind of design comes with maybe being that personality type or having that kind of frequency. Usually that's conditioned. Um, I didn't realize that I used to be a control person, so I will throw myself under the bus here. <laughs> um, having a lot of open centers, I was highly conditioned. My dad is military, former military, very like firm, firm, fair and friendly. He's very loving, but a very strong disciplinarian. And I grew up in a very much like we have it all figured, not in my house necessarily, but more or less in my um, spiritual community, my religion. It was very much like we have all the answers. We have it figured out. Anything outside of this is wrong. And I really like I didn't have the sovereignty to go say, I'm going to go read and really find out what I think, because some things just aren't adding up, so to speak. Because the minute I did that, everybody was like, well, you don't love God. And I'm like, no, I actually really love God. It's kind of the whole point. Um, but if you're designed to, it really allows for a next level of compassion and self-love. Because you realize all of these little undercurrent ways in which you were comparing yourself, you were judging yourself, and then you realize it's actually okay. That, like you're perfectly made. And now you get to live in that vibration of acceptance. And when you realize how different everyone is, and when you go through a chart reading and you see the intricacies, you can't help but be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. And then when you have that compassion and grace and self-love, you're able to extend it. That was one of the biggest things that I witnessed when I really began down this path was when I could really honor myself, I was able to honor others. And, you know, there were people that tried to tell me, well, you shouldn't do that. That means you're not honoring God. I'm like, I'm actually very much honoring God because he made me. So that was my perception. But I was met with, well, that's the wrong way. It's like, hey, I'm, you can have your opinion. That's wonderful. I'm going to have mine. Like, hey, have a good day. Um, I think a lot of us are taught that 
well, in the South, you know, in the Southeast. So it's like, if we can, it's our job to <laughs> help everyone else. We don't realize we're controlling. Mm -hmm. And it takes a level of self-awareness to get there. Yeah, I think it's not just a Southern thing, um, but I think it's like a religious thing where there's a program of like, it's our job and our duty to make sure we tell them so we so they won't do the thing anymore. And they people can almost feel like they're not doing what they're supposed to if they're not telling everybody what they're supposed to, what everyone else should be doing when really it's like, you know what? unsolicited advice really sucks and guess what you do you i'll do me i don't really care move on you know uh, it's really aggravating um but even like the whole direct being just really direct with someone i don't even mean like telling someone what to do or i cannot stand that to be honest and i hate the trolls like laura's talking about it's like oh well be flexible or do this or whatever it's like really um you do that i'm gonna do what i'm doing but <laughs> Yeah. But at the but the end, um, too, the other thing I find out, maybe it's the channel situation that you're talking about, but I've been uh, in the South now for a few years, and I see a difference, too, of, um, like, if I wanted to invite someone to come do something, and I'll be like, hey, you want to go do this? And I'll get, like, ever, all the response of everyone being like, yeah. And then we get there, and, like, 20% shows up or whatever. And then I'll go contact them and go, Hey, you know, we're here, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, we're coming. And then it's just like on and on and on. And then you think, you know, you're holding the bus for them or whatever. And you're doing all this stuff to like make it happen and work it out and hold their spot. And then in the end they're like, yeah, um, I'm just not feeling it. Uh, I'm not going to go. Uh, it's like, well, why don't you just say that to start with? You know, well, I don't want to hurt your feelings. And it's like, you know what hurts my feelings? Committing to shit and then not coming. You know, that and me, you know, feeling like I need to help you and work out all this stuff to make it work. And then for what? Like, just tell me. I would prefer someone just be like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to go to that. I think that's just not, I'm not feeling it. Like, just tell me. Like, I'm direct. I like direct. So is that a channel thing too, where people are like, Move, go with what you think you need, what someone else needs, or that's really just lack of embodiment of truth is my what I feel felt like when you were saying that because they don't know how to listen to what's right for them and they don't really they're not maybe their throat center is really not in the higher frequency of being in touch with the way that they need to make decisions or what's best for them and then also sharing them so it's really kind of a lower frequency all the way around because. The fact that they, you know, like they couldn't lean into what was right for them whenever they were invited or asked or whatever, and then give that decision with confidence or give that answer with like a, like a just knowing their truth, like knowing, oh, I'm very excited to do this. Like, yes. So it's more of just a lack of embodiment of even who they are more than likely and being, because you can, we self-abandon so easy. And I think a lot, it's really cool to see the number of people waking up to this. Um, that's been one of the most exciting things to me. Um is the number of people like, oh my gosh, I totally do that. Or, oh, you know, like I, I, they don't tap in to what, and they don't know how to usually, how do I listen to when, when we're talking the average American here, we're not talking like people who are very awake and been doing the work for years. Um, and a lot of times they don't even know what work to do. So the first thing that we do typically is when we go through the reading, we come back to the pillars. Let's look at, I think you're a manifesting generator, Charnel. I think that's just you hands in all the pots, lots of plates spinning. I'm pretty sure that was you because I was like, oh, this sounds just like you. Um, but 
are they embodying that energy and are they doing it in a frequency with there's not a resentment hanging on and like the things that they really are um, committing to that their energy is in true alignment with it. And, and when they feel like for a generator, when you feel your sacral pull back, you have the respect and honor and, and the confidence is like, Hey, I'm really, I said I was going to do this. I'm really not going to do this anymore. I feel like it's true and aligned for me because when you're that confident and you're speaking with someone else who's aligned, they're like, Hey, honor you. I love that. Thanks for letting me know. They're not mad at you for doing what's right for you. But typically you only get that response when someone really is tuned into who they are and what really works best for them as far as navigating a life with really with less resistance, because that's really human design kind of leads you when you start embodying the strategy and authority and play. And it's an experiment. It's not a religion. It's not a belief system. I want to say that um, it's really an experiment because when you first hear it or you first have your chart read, I was talking with um, a client about that this week you know, you, you do, you see all the gates and channels, like I was saying, and you want to go do all the things. And it's like, let's come back to embodiment on the basic level and let's start there. And when we can master that, let's go deeper. Let's look into those centers. Let's work in the deconditioning. Let's do the inner work. Let's move into the higher frequencies. Let's like use that intention, carry that, that next level self. Um, all of those things come into play, but it still all comes back to the strategy and the authority and the energy type. I can see how this would be good to have like your kids done or your partner. So you can like kind of like the love language thing or any of the disc or stuff like that to kind of um, get like how, not only how you are, but also like mm -hmm. what is the best supportive way you could be to your kids or your partner. And I actually can tell you a little bit about that. I did a couple sessions. So I do a couple sessions also where we do the charts together. Oh. And this is, um, this is a funny story. A lot of people will be able to relate, but he was a generator, which is um, an energy type that has a pretty consistent amount of energy. They can generator, hence the name. She was a manifester and her energy was not as sustainable. And so she would be home with the kids all day. And by the time it's seven 30, she's like in the bed ready to pass out. And he's like, well, I'm still wide awake. I can be on the computer. And they had done a lot of inner work together to get to this place. But they still had these undercurrents of like, why is she doing it that way? What's wrong with you? You shouldn't be this tired. They still had these undercurrents of nagging emotions, but they had kind of reached an agreement. Okay, we'll get in the bed at this time. You can be on the computer and I'll just roll over and go to sleep. So they'd reach their own agreement with it, but they still kind of did it with like some jaja. That's what I call it when the, it's just like, mm. and even, um, and so when we're talking about this, they all of a sudden had the biggest epiphany. They're like, oh my gosh. And I remember she called me six weeks later and was like, we haven't had one argument because they began to see how the other person was created and how that person processes energy and moves through life. And when you can really see that it's so different than what you do, it actually releases all of that. Those little judgments that sometimes we're not fully even aware that we carry, um, even, especially with the kids, the kids too when you can grow kids from the inside out rather than trying to mold them from the outside in, you're going to have adults that are like whole next level, which is like my goal with my kids. Um, and with human design and that like one, my, one of my kids is a manifesting generator. Um, so yes, no questions work really, really well for him. 
And because one of his centers is undefined, I know that center is a pressure center. And so he's probably going to get frenzied a little bit easier. So let's not send him to his room to tell him to get dressed and hurry up. Let's walk him to his room. Let's put the shorts on for him. Or I'm going to be waiting a lot longer. And he's just going to get more and more frustrated because the it, it, press, it, it makes him feel a pressure in a way that he's, especially at his age, he's not able to cope with, really. Um, so instead of seeing it as like, I'm going to make you follow my rules and do things my way as the parent, you're like, Hey, I realized this really would work better for you if I did this. And I love that. That's how you are. Let me help you. And that's just a completely different paradigm of parenting that you're looking at. So it's literally one of those things where even in businesses, when you are an employer an employee, I've looked up the charts of people I work with. <laughs> um, and it's, and it was very helpful. There were some things I tweaked because I was like, okay. And I spoke with them about it. And it worked really well for both of us. Um, so there's, it's one of those tools and modalities that it's so many layers deep, but even just getting the basics down and working with the basics, you see a change, you see more fruit, you see more of this like peace and this feeling of, um, I really have joy and just contentment, you know, because a lot of those little things you're letting go because you're acknowledging the differences of how we're all made. And you lose your control issues, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it, it, it's like a tuning fork to a truth frequency. And there and it's go. just all the so, nonsense okay. and all the things that can drain us or the overthinking and trying to figure things out. It just, you know, falls away. And it just seems to be, you know, very grounding. And having clarity is so nice because trying to figure people out and um, trying to get them to be a certain way even, you know, it just seems like it, it, it's a resolution to all that. And when we're in our true frequency, we can flow together like tuned up musical instruments instead of it just being crazy. <laughs> it's always going to be crazy a little bit, but. <laughs> it's really cool. It's watching people's aha moments and chart sessions are my favorite. <laughs> yeah. And I like what Laura was saying too about like, just if everyone would just stay in their lane and we could like appreciate and respect everywhere you know where people are wherever they are like and just let people be whoever they are and do what they're supposed to to me it's like i'm in charge of me and i'm going to look after me you know of course my kids that are underage and but even like my one that's over 18 it's like there's only you know she's an adult at this point so what do you you know that's for her to figure out i'm here if she asks but i'm not like mm -hmm. trying to force feed anybody uh, or go on other people's, you know, Facebook pages and, or, you know, even be in a situation where I'm like, this is what you should be, you know, it's like, come on, really? Like, just focus on yourself. Do you do you, everyone just be at ease and appreciate where everyone is. Because if, if we were all exactly the same in some sort of weird robotic, you know, whatever, then we're, there'd be no, nothing would get done at all because we need each other to be different there need we're all a cell of god and a representation of a fraction piece of him or her it god and so source energy is a lot of equations that when we're all out there reflecting this light of who god is and if we were all the same exact thing there would be nothing and and so i love diversity i love that some people want to go to whatever country and do so-and-so job that I don't like that job. I like doing what I do. So you do you, I do me, everyone be fine. You know, like, let's just all, you know, that interweaving, woven, you know, quilt of just 
one, as one, being a body, you know, together, doing our thing. I just love that. Well, I mean, the more that people begin to actually do that self-reflection through the various modalities, human design, obviously, I love it. It connected most with me, and that's what I chose to study. But there's so many modalities that really will give you a nice reflection of your truest self. And when you're willing to, and it takes some courage and humility sometimes to maybe be like, oh yeah, in my actual at peace state, that's how I am. That's how I process. That's my preference. Um, I, you know, I don't make as much energy, but if you would have met me seven years ago, you would have never known that. Now I've kind of like honored that a lot. So it kind of makes a little more sense. But 10 years ago, you'd have been like, she's the energizer bunny because that was my conditioning, my programming. So when okay. you're really ready to let go of the programming, because sometimes people aren't, but when they do, gets to be fun and more people are getting ready for it more people are so open to like okay how do i do this how do i know my truest self how can i you know start down this path and doing something like human design or natal chart or gene keys is probably a little deep for people just starting but <laughs> but um you know it's just it's such a beautiful way of challenging yourself and learning more because that's another thing. A lot of the people who are super controlling, I feel like they usually have stopped learning at some point also. They've mm -hmm. kind of let their, what they know be all that they need to know. And, you know, that's on them. Oh, yeah. Gosh. You know, what's so interesting about just any of these modalities and tools uh, related to science and just our bodies, our consciousness, is some of the judgments that come along with it just I mean, if I talk about astrology, there's always a group of people that think it's from the devil. Like self-knowledge is something that is evil. Um, I mean, we're dealing with the tree of knowledge. Don't we want to get to know ourselves? And and however we can get to know ourselves, isn't that a good thing? I mean, I love astrology because it shows patternings, patternings we can break. And once we break the patternings, all the good stuff really begins to come in because we're no longer looping uh, in, in like a small like corner of the chart or a small piece of it all once that's removed, it's like all this abundance and, and greater energy pours through. And all it does is really help us to be the fullness of all that we are. I just, I just find it funny that some people think it's of the devil. It's, like, it's true. Well, most of those people don't know that Jesus studied astrology and astronomy either, because again, they usually stop learning themselves at some point and, or they only take knowledge from perhaps someone with a pulpit, regardless of where that person learns from. Um, and it's just, you know, they, yeah. yeah, there's a lot I can say about that. I'm just gonna take a deep breath and like. I know, right? <laughs> uh, and Pastor Carmen is on here, and believe me, she, her, and I have had this conversation, and as well as all of us had that conversation of just, you know, judgment is weird, you know. And what's crazy is on an energetic level, our limbic system can't tell the difference between us and and you, like me and you. So anytime I judge. Your, my brain actually lets go of a, a dumps chemistries that basically tells my body that I am the one ju being judged. So I, as I judge, the chemicals come in and, and saturate my cells to say that I am the one receiving the judgment because there is no them. They, it, there's, the limbic system can't tell the difference. And therefore, love and giving, whether it's physical giving, service to others, or just sending light, when we're sending light, we're also receiving light because, again, the limbic system doesn't know the difference. It just sees it go out and come in at the same time no matter what. So, 
you know, I, I would love for us all to have that awareness uh, and just, you know, take that invitation to remember those things because judgments and opinions, whichever one has one, it's like witchcraft and or it can be used positive and, and like, you know, encouraging others to, to be inspired and to be their best selves and to be, you know, be cheerleaders for other people and look for things that are positive in other people, you know, give an attaboy for the thing that you can find something good about these people or just move on and go to the next person or, you know, stay off their page if you don't like them. It's so easy. You know what? You could just scroll on. It's really not a big deal. It doesn't take any more time to just leave if you don't agree than to sit there and like, you know, arm quarterback, you know, armchair it from your couch potato situation or whatever. So it, it freaks me out a little bit when people are just like kind of ignorant to how energy works like that. Mm -hmm. And there, and when it's written and public, then that's even more energy because it's amplified amongst everyone who reads it and or contributes or participates. And then the people can fight. And, but going back to the diversity, you mentioned like, so-and-so amount of people are this and so-and-so amount of people are that. So what are the categories real quick? And like, who, what are the percentages on that? Perfect. I'll give you like a little synopsis of each two. So you can just kind of get an idea for it. So the majority of people are generators and manifesting generators and generators are in this category. It's about 70% of the population. And essentially what that means is their sacrals defined. They could definitely have other centers defined and open, what have you, but they have consistent life force acts to energy. Like they're constantly um, how they have energy. My, like I said, my family's generators, like they are the people that could work all day, come home, do the kids, stay up till 10 or 11 o'clock. And as long as generators are going to bed with all of their energy genuinely used up, they wake up feeling really good the next day. And usually if they're not feeling good, they didn't use all their energy. So their, their work is kind of reversed. So they really are the workhorses. They can get it all done. They are the life force of the planet, you know, through the framework of human design. So generators, manifesting generators are a little bit of a hybrid they are in the 70% category between manifestors and generators. So they're still more generator. They still have that energy, but they have manifestor tendencies. They're here to initiate, to really bring things in. They're literally manifestors. Manifestors move very quickly. And a lot of times their aura is very powerful. And a lot of times people either love them or hate them <laughs> or, you know, they love them or they're not sure about them. Hey, strong word, cancel clear. But um, they, you know, it's kind of a bit. So the manifesting generator is a little bit of a hybrid of that. So your manifestors are about 8% of the population. They are the people who really, the creatives, they're super creative. They're bringing things in. They don't need to go try to do all their ideas. As they do, they're probably going to lose steam. They need to have a team. They need to have people that are helping them implement and delegate. But yet their ideas are probably also coming through like this. <laughs> um, I've watched manifestors, all manifestors have like a defined throat center. I've watched them move so quickly and their energy tends to work in waves, whether that's a weekly wave or a monthly wave or a daily wave, they will go for a while for several days and then they're going to have, they're going to have a dip and manifesting generators will usually have that. Their um, high will be pretty high, their consistent energy, and then they'll have to check out for a few days and refurbish their self. Um, so manifestors are very more of a heel with their energy type. And then of course, you know, with the sacral, the sacral, as far as the generators, when you're doing what lights you up, you generate more energy with the manifestors. Every type's the same way, but it kind of comes through a different energy center for each type as far as doing what lights you up. So aside from the manifestors, you have projectors. They're about 20% of the population. That's what I am. <laughs> um, we are non-energy non type, so we don't really have 
we work in waves of energy. My energy, it's typically like striped throughout the day. I kind of like, and the, but the more that I do things that I bring me joy. So for the projector, it's about bringing the joy more so than being lit up. It's a little bit of a difference in how it feels in your body. We generate more energy. And so even, so projectors are your teachers, your guides. Um, we kind of see a bigger picture. We typically can see into the other person as far as where we tend to be very intuitive and stuff like that. Doesn't mean other types aren't. <laughs> Um, but I, before I was really into human design, I actually began to notice this with someone I worked with. I would call things out and I'd be like, I'm pretty sure blah, blah, blah. And it, within, between the, the day would move on, the person would approach me or someone and say, Hey, this happened, that happened. And the girl that works with me was just like, you literally just said that. Like it was, we can just penetrate people, especially when we're one-on-one. One-on-one -on -one. One -on -one is really our specialty. Um, our, our kind of our powerhouse. Um, we're really good with groups too, because it's an energy group, but we're really one-on-one. -on -one, we can usually penetrate the conscious and kind of know where the person's at consciously, especially if we are in ourselves in touch with kind of who we are. So projectors, guides, et cetera. And then there's reflectors. Reflectors are 1% of the population. People wow. can work with human design for years and never meet a reflector. Um, I've had a reflector client. And what that means is is they have no definition in their chart. So none of their centers, if you guys go pull up your body graph, the shapes mean the centers. There's nine of them. None of them are defined. So they don't have any of their own energy. They're absorbing energy, which is they're reflecting back the energy. If in a company, a reflector would be a great person to really let you know what's going on in the company. Let them walk around the building. Let them kind of move through the space. Let them sit on a meeting. They're going to be able to tell you pretty much everything that's really happening on an energetic level, they might not use that language, especially if they're not aware of it. But I've, uh, this client, it's been amazing because she even does that to me. She can reflect back to me exactly energetically what's happening. Um, so reflectors are very rare and they really need a lot of rest. And the reflector that I worked with, like she was saying that she had already through her own, just like knowing, knew that she needed to retreat and have these trips where she would go away for you know a week or so at a time. And people were like, why are you doing that? Like you, you have a daughter, like you, people were criticizing her and saying that, and she was like, is something wrong with me? Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I just know I feel so, I'm so on it when I come back for this front time frame." And so she did it, but she did, she would do that removal and give herself the rest with a little bit of resentment towards herself for needing it, for feeling it, for actually doing it. And then when she realized that she was a reflector and we talked about what that looked like, she was like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, I've always thought that makes so much more sense. So that's kind of an example of how understanding your type and how you move through life can really bring, and she would have never said, I have this little bit of resentment towards myself for doing that. She That just wouldn't have crossed her mind to verbalize because it's those little undercurrent tendencies, right? Those little self-judgments and totally just kind of opened up the opened up the gates for her, which is really cool. The next level of permission to fully do that when you feel called, because then your energy replenishes in a way that you're there and you're on point. And so, yeah, those are the five main energy types and kind of the categories of each. Oh, I just wanted to say, yeah, the reflector sounds like a major, major empath. I mean, just, um, cause it Very definitely intuitive also. To, to, any thoughts on people that are addicted to drama and negativity and, uh, who prefer to dwell in the doom and gloom that, you know, they, they'd rather, uh, yeah, just stir things up. And, but it's almost like an addiction. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people, yeah, I've literally looked at, into this through the eyes of human design because <laughs> I'm like that, like, let me know. 
Um, people definitely have predispositions in terms of their chart. Like there's actually a channel in the brain with how you process information, even through the past. So if you're cause like for, so for those people, if they don't understand how to shift that into the higher frequency of that channel, then they're going to constantly be on loop with judging everything. It's going to feel more tension in them. And then they're going to kind of have the repeat. And the same thing with the sacral, a lot of people with an open sacral, which are your manifestors, projectors, and, um, reflectors. None of us have a sacral and like a consistent sacral. We're not defined there. We tend to not know when enough is enough. And that doesn't mean the generator can't have an addiction. Doesn't mean a generator, you know, won't be able to stop putting the cookies down, but there's a little bit of, and that again goes to that frequency of like, are we in the higher frequency or lower frequency? And even through human design, like generators are really great with yes, no questions. So I'll say that because since 70% are, if people go look up their chart, it really helps them. And sometimes the thing for generators is the deconditioning of understanding the mental yes and the sacral yes, getting into their body and feeling the yes and practicing that. And generators, it's kind of a fun, they can go out and play with life, manifesting generators, manifestors, they can use their strategy and authority right away in the world. Projectors, we have to wait a little while usually because ours encompasses other things, but um, it's a sacral. So for a generator, it's learning to lean in, learning to tap in. And sometimes it's not, do I want this right now? It's like, is my body saying yes to this right now? And that little flip switch of the way that they're asking themselves the question or the way they're having the other party ask them the question really helps them begin to train themselves to drop into their body and sense what their sacral is responding. Because typically they're sacrally driven from their strategy and authority. Awesome. Well, uh, we're coming up at the top of the hour and I would love you, Laura, to share a little bit about your website or anything coming up or what's going on. And then Leslie do the same and I'll, I'll give my, my two cents to you as we're wrapping up any final words and we'll call it. Um, this is a great meeting with you guys. I'm having a good time learning about this. So. Oh yeah. That was just amazing. And obviously you do readings. So once people get your information, they can delve into it more with you. Right. Yeah. So that's awesome. Cool. Um, yeah. So my website's cosmicgaia.org. Uh, I have a weekly show on conscious vitality. It's a censorship free platform and just lots of projects in the works. I'll try and keep my website updated. Uh, so just check back and uh, see what I'm not remembering that I'm going to be doing soon. <laughs> um, awesome. and yeah, that's about it. Laura, you're so awesome. Um, my, you can find me on Instagram at the Leslie Davis. Um, the website's also the lesliedavis.com. You can drop me a message on Facebook. I check all my messages. You can set up an HD session. I have a couple of other group coaching things going on because I'm all about people really stepping into energetic alignment with their truest self. And the more you do that now in a year, it's going to be even more and more. And so that's kind of the progression. I really feel like a world of people living as authentic humans is how we change the world. I feel like that's really what what I love. You said I'm cheesing out. I'm like, I can feel my eyes getting small. Um, so yeah, that's my jam. So you can find me there. Awesome. And I really do encourage you guys to go to both of these people's, these beautiful loving people's websites and check out everything that they're doing and get your chart done. If you're interested in finding out more about human design, I think this is a good stepping point to especially in this season like i said earlier to kind of like 
go, hmm, who am I? What am I about? Like, what, what, what makes me tick? What are the, some downfalls? What are some weaknesses? What are some strengths? Getting that extra permission to kind of be who you are and kind of understand who you are. So um, I appreciate you taking time with us today, Leslie, to um, jump in and explain this a little bit. It's still a little bit over my head with all the different terminology, but um, I, I found out that there's a book I'm going to get and find out about it. But um, And for me, you guys, go to swiftfire.org. That's swiftfire.org. You could go on my newsletter. I also have interviews every week. Um, lots of stuff going on with classes and memberships. Um, by the way, I don't know if I even told you this, but Leslie did my cards, Laura. Yeah, she took all these pictures. No she is, she's the photographer. Um, we, no she took way. pictures of no all, my, all my cards. So, yeah. So so cool. These are on my website. Oh, yeah, there, I see them. And so you guys check that out. And then, too, um, my audiobook just came out. So if you're in the mood to listen to something as you're driving, go check this out and see where you can go with your miracles. I have a secret that I haven't talked about too much. Um, it's going to be coming out here pretty soon, but it's a pretty big miracle that is in the works right now. And, um, and I did all of this. I'm just applying the formulas and I get testimony. I probably get 10 to 15 testimonies every day, sometimes hourly of what people are doing as they apply this and see results. And this is a great time. If you're looking for miracles and perspective, this is a great time to actually manifest, be a generator, be a generator manifester of your own miracles <laughs> in your life right now. So go yeah. to swiftfire.org and jump in on that. And I am so happy to hang out with you and love you guys so much. And until next time, thanks for watching and we'll see you guys later. All right. Thanks so much, Charnel. Great to be with you, Leslie, both of you. Bye-bye. You all. Bye, Leslie. Bye. Bye. I'm not to leave. I'm trying to leave.